0: Thank you guys so much for being here this is the third uh west coast podcast that i've done with type thursday we also did one in new york i was in san francisco now i'm uh and then i did seattle and now i'm here in los angeles so to give some context around tonight you know the reason i started this podcast was to bridge the gap between people just coming in and people like Neri, uh who is the vp of creative advertising at 20th century fox you know, what's it like when someone like me just enters and goes and talks to someone like him? And we kind of just have a nuanced, casual conversation. So that's what this whole podcast has been about. And I know this is going to be like super heavy and, and kind of, I, I don't have to cry or anything. And I don't want to get emotional about this. But uh, my, my brother in law, right around the time three years ago where I started this podcast, was, was uh, diagnosed with uh, gray zone Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was actually like a hybrid of the two lymphomas, and he recently passed away. He was uh, 23 years old when he when he left us. And uh, from the very beginning of this podcast, that was you know I was growing the podcast, and in tandem with that, I was going with Michael for treatment and just kind of watching someone have their life essentially like you know stripped away from them. It's really difficult, but it made me care a lot and have empathy and love and. You know, when I talked to people, I would learn about their stories, and I would tell them about Michael, and they would have all this different stuff. So I always kind of wondered, you know, what am I going to do when he's not here and, and all that. And uh, if, if it was his struggle that made me overcome my fear of meeting new people, of doing things that made me feel uncomfortable. And the reason why this ties in is Michael was always a diehard Marvel fan, and he loved roller coasters, and, um, but he loved Marvel and his favorite movie was Deadpool, by far. He loved Ryan Reynolds. So I interviewed Neri, and I, was, I knew that you knew John Contino. And uh, I was like, wait, he worked on Deadpool? So I interviewed him, and uh, a, a few months went by, and it was towards the end of Michael's life. He had a, a courageous and brave battle with cancer. I, I fundamentally changed the way that I, I look at life. So I spoke to Neri on the podcast. I mentioned about Michael, and he was so kind and considerate, and, um, you know, it was coming down towards the end, and, uh, you know, how do you provide light for someone who is in such a dark situation? And the biggest thing that I learned in this podcast was to have empathy, love for strangers, that even complete strangers could come together. Um, and be there for each other. And I, I think that if there's anything that I can point to that shows that that works, it was about a week before Michael passed, and I got this message. I should have probably pulled it up on here, but uh, for you Deadpool fans, you might know this voice. Oh, hello there. Uh, it's Ryan Reynolds. I haven't played Deadpool,
1: or Deadpool happens to play me. I'm not really sure. Uh, this message is for Michael. Michael, uh, I just uh, uh, heard about you through uh, Sammy and and and, and, a, and a bunch of other people. Um, man, I, I, I know you're going through a lot right now, and I
0: just
2: wanted to, to let you know I'm thinking about you, uh, and I'm sending love and uh, and anything else you might need. Uh, you have a lot of people that love you like crazy.
0: So, you you get the hint, but I mean that's one of the most. We're here in Hollywood, and it's. I, that I probably sounded like such a tourist. We're here in Hollywood, California. Uh, <laughs> I just, all you need is like this selfie of me with like the, the Hollywood logo fan. But you know, we're here in Hollywood and, and, and it's the last of, of this tour, this West Coast tour. I've met so many people and confided in so many people and Type Thursday has been so incredible for me. And uh, we started doing this tour just after Michael passed away. And uh, it's such a beautiful full, full circle to end it with Neri. Uh, here tonight. I mean, we're going to do more down the road, but it was just incredible, and it just solidified what I'm doing here with this podcast. So without further ado, please give a huge round of applause to my brother, Neri Rebus. (laughs) Starting on a dramatic note, people. Starting on a dramatic note. I swear to God, this is a fun, go-lucky podcast. You wouldn't know it by my intro there, but... (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. Neri is uh, the VP of Creative Advertising at 20th Century Fox, uh, which is you know affiliated with Disney and everything. So thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Yeah, uh, we've act- yeah, awesome. Uh, we've actually talked before on the podcast. So if you didn't get your fill tonight, which I hope you do, uh, there is also a podcast that's online that we already did, but we'll cover some familiar territory. So. Give a little intro for the people that maybe are not familiar with you, even though you're world famous. Give them a little intro as to who you are and uh, what you're doing here in LA.
2: Yeah, so what I do is creative advertising for films. So um, I do everything from concepts to execution, art direction, photography. Uh, I don't shoot myself. I'll work with a photographer and an art direct the photography. Um, I'll do type
0: work with, yeah. with
2: John Contino, of course. <laughs> I'll work with some other people, but that's all sure. I've had the chance to work with. You know, my job is essentially to give a film a tone, rather than to market. You know, you the trailers and stuff like that, where you see what's going to happen. They kind of give you a preview of what the story is. But I mean, I tell a story in print. I tell it in a still image. Uh, which and
0: billboards like right here like the Sunset Strip and all that you've had some crazy giant billboards that yes. a lot of people You guys have probably seen Neri's billboards He's done work for uh, the Planet of the Apes for uh, Deadpool for uh, the Peanuts movie I don't see
2: I got them all like memorized bro. I'm a, I'm a big fan so. Yeah, um, I think one of the most like, famous ones would be the emoji billboard for Deadpool where you know I couldn't license Apple's emojis <laughs> so I had to do my own and work, work my way around that Alright, so I
0: would imagine when you're doing these big projects, obviously typography plays a major role. Um, a lot of times there's a lot of context and a lot of history around that. Like, for example, like with, um, with Deadpool, there's people that are, there's a lot of fan art, there's a lot of existing parameters to work in. And then sometimes you're doing something like with John Contino, for example, kind of just completely from scratch and right. maybe pulling from some places, but not all. Um, how do you go about making those decisions, picking the right typeface? Picking, picking, you know, the right person for the lettering.
2: How's that work? Yeah. So when you work on a brand or an IP that's already established, like Deadpool or Marvel, um, you you try to bring what they've done already in the comic books, and that you have a fan base, and you have people that are familiar with uh, their logo, their brand. So you just try to bring that to life. In that in that sense, you just try to bring it to life a little bit more. I think what we did with his, um, with Deadpool's logo, be We had a little bit of grit and texture, just to kind of, again, give the tone and character of what you're about to see. You know, this this wasn't a polished uh, Iron Man. This wasn't a polished, you know, uh, marble character. This was a little nitty gritty, dirty guy who doesn't belong in that world. He's he's a little black sheep. He's a little black sheep of of the family. So so, um, you just try to give it that that tone. When you go with something like, uh, when you get the opportunity to build a type poster or any other poster that's handmade uh, with an artist, you try to stay in their world, but you also want to make sure that they don't go too far away from what you want. And so it's always good to collaborate on that. And I think being an illustrator, having uh, a background in graphic design and typography, um, you know, I, I can balance that a little bit and, and, and think. You know, being a big fan of John's before I even got to work with him, I, I think I knew his work and of course like once you meet him he's a great person and you can just talk all day with him and um, not work at all yeah which is (laughs) which is really awesome but um you get to hone in on on what you want what he can deliver and it's a great collaborative effort um if you have and can speak and narrate or uh, articulate what you're looking for for sure do you ever
0: find like I know sometimes like you need to make something that's versatile that you could do like every individual letter form and then that goes on like a poster and then sometimes they're like you're just doing like a display. Um, how do you know like when you want to build something out to be like a whole kind of typographic language versus something just on a poster just like kind of like a one-stop kind of thing?
2: Yeah, it, it depends on, on the project. Um, I think the Book of Life was a very special project where we got to develop our own font um, in the sense that we were celebrating Mexican culture, so. Uh what's up with the Latinos in here? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so there was you know the very uh, uh, famous Mexican illustrator José Guadalupe Posada. So we wanted Say that to bring one more time. that <laughs> José Guadalupe Posada. So we wanted <laughs> to bring in his his uh, you know uh, influence into the film without copying it. You know, we wanted to bring in that influence. Of Mexican culture, illustration, and so John has that. Even though he's not Mexican, he's Italian, and he's from New York. And you know, you just see the qualities that they have that kind of uh, mirror or are influenced by that. Um, so we created our own font. We named it Escalento, of course. Um, <laughs> Follow him on Instagram. <laughs> Um, so we created our own font and we took reference and inspiration from uh, the Posada Fonts, you know, we didn't want to replicate it, but we wanted to give uh, a, a nice homage to it and, and sh- celebrate the culture, you know, Day of the Dead and um, and, yeah. and yeah, that was like a, a particular, it's very special project that we got to do that with, especially with working with uh, Guillermo del Toro on it and Jorge Gutierrez, um, it allowed us to kind of create our own world within his world, right. if you will, and then you know, for other films, I mean, I think the cliche font that's come to mind is like Bank Gothic for any action movie is like right. the typical one. You know, you download it, type Bank, you know, whatever you want in your Bank Gothic font, and all, all out of a sudden you have an yeah. action movie. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I try not to go that way, but you know, um, it just depends. I mean, you have different um, IPs that you work with, different brands, and some people will want to see this, and want to see that, and. Uh, when you work with Del Toro and Gutierrez, I mean, they just like do what you do, and right. we're behind you. So it's a good, it was a good support. It's gotta be an awesome team
0: effort. Yeah, we yeah. we actually have kind of an sorry, we actually have kind of an exclusive for you guys uh, this evening. He's going to show some original sketches. We kind of do these at these live events where we have a podcast, and then uh, some original sketches uh, from the Book of Life, the project he did with John Contino. So you guys will see that tonight. I'm friends with John, I'm friends with Neri. It's my first time seeing these sketches, so it's a Type Thursday LA exclusive.
2: Yeah. I love it. Critique it, even though it's already out, but whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be a line for you. No, it's really good. Do you have a favorite font?
2: A favorite font?
0: Font is the group, correct? Typeface is the one, font is the group. Is that right? Yeah, probably. Okay, we'll go we'll go with that.
2: <laughs> um just because I like the sound of it, and I don't know if I pronounce it right, but like, burthold accident grotesque.
0: Yes? Your favorite?
2: That's awesome. It's just clean, and you can read it. I mean, you can play with it, and it has, you know, the thins, the lights, the the bold. You can do a lot with it.
0: Do you have, like, when you're working at 20th Century Fox, do you have, like, a type foundry that you guys tend to work with? Is there somebody, or have you ever collaborated Hmm. with, like, independent type foundries, or how do you kind of figure that out? Yeah,
2: I mean, we've, um, I've tried to work with um, Spa Design, that's Amy Hood and Jen Hood now, anyone? Well, they- they, Yes, I know, (laughs) They're amazing uh, illustrators and they also uh, um, create amazing fonts. Um, I think they did some stuff for us for Love, Simon, which was an amazing movie, uh, really heartfelt. Uh, And their quirkiness kicked in and I think they did like an Instagram takeover for us with their own illustrations and fonts and stuff. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, Uh, For example, in Deadpool, we used the Malat font, which was like, you know, it's, it it reminds you of, like, a Russian font. It's very, like, bold and thick, and it has, like, weird serif, and, um, but it worked. It it worked for some reason, and sometimes you just find things that that do work, and sometimes it doesn't, and you go with, like, a Helvetica medium, and you're like, there you go. Specifically medium? Well, it's... (laughs)
0: <laughs> you were just different. saying it? Okay,
2: okay no problem. Burkle uh, accident grotesque.
0: That, that that was good. You should do that every time. Let's see here. We are cruising right through questions. Uh, what are some trends that you guys, you know, when you're looking and you're going for your next movie poster and you're kind of assessing like the marketplace, the movie posters are obviously very competitive mm-hmm. and very trend-led. Like what are some of the trends that you're seeing and... and uh, do you usually try and go against them or try and strike
2: a balance between something that's familiar? Or well, we try to avoid, but you, you know, again, it, it just depends on the project. I mean, We end up with Avengers, you know, 30 faces on one poster montage, you know? Uh, I try to have as much fun with it as possible. I've done the opposite where, well, I've done a poster where you put all people, so for Deadpool 2, our last poster was, you know, a Drew Struzan-inspired illustration. And we called it the kitchen sink because it literally had like a kitchen sink in the corner, just a little meta, you know, uh, yeah. thing for, for fans, a uh, little Easter egg. But we try to, I try to stay away from that. But it, again, it just depends on the project you're on that you have to put like 90 people's faces on one poster and say, like, this is design. Right.
0: Is it? Yeah, is it? Right. Is it?
2: But you still have I to mean, it. I mean, it can be, but, um, and then I think what, uh, I try to stay away from also is like the social network you know it's like a face and then people put the font on top of their face or like it says like a message you know like right. it, it takes you know
0: there's like a slight gradient over the face yeah and
2: type, yeah it's like coming out of darkness
0: yeah do you normally try and go with a type of like because I know that you're you love and I think you mentioned the podcast uh early on your experiences with, with typography that you had found can you tell me a little bit about that you had, had found uh someone in your family had all like these old books yeah, so my uncle's a graphic designer. Uh, he For a second there, I thought that wasn't you, and I was about to be mortified. I'm so happy, but go ahead.
2: No, no, yeah, he, it was my... <laughs> that would have cool. been really awkward. <laughs> he he designed uh, Mexican cinema posters, which were the montage of 90 faces on top and stuff, but he had amazing reference books that, you know, uh, um, were inspiration to me, and, and uh, he had these, like, uh, plastic sheets of paper, of, like, type on there, and you could put it on, like, he, like... You put it down on a piece of paper, and then you, like, scratched it into, like, that's, that's yourself There you go. That's Sure. It, it was the 80s. We were all drunk. <laughs> that's um, so cool. But it was very really inspirational, because uh, I never knew, I don't think, you know, computers weren't, everything wasn't done by hand, you know. So that right. was um, something I carried with me all, all through my career, like, Growing up into graphic design, into typography, it was like everything was done by hand. So I stuck with that until, you know, in the late 90s when I got my first, you know, Mac and I had Photoshop one on there.
0: Do you find that when you're finding a solution, you're do you initially go, go towards a type-based solution or going towards like using like a hero image?
2: I think I think it'll be a hybrid of both. Um, I love to set a tone, I like to tell a story with a still image rather than give you the coolest Photoshop effects, you know? I, I'd rather give you a mood and a tone, and then if the topography, the topography is, uh, you know, sp- tracked a certain way or brought together a certain way, or uh, there, there has to be hierarchy, and no matter what, you know, there has to be hierarchy in, in what you're seeing what you're reading, and your your eye has to quickly identify something without getting lost in what you're trying, like, if, if you have, like, 90 different faces, your, your eye's gonna go everywhere, you know, but mm-hmm. if you have, like, one logo or something that hones everything in and centers it, I think. Right, there's like one focal point and then like one you have point. to have like a hierarchy
0: of like what to looking at first. Exactly. The purpose of my podcast, as I mentioned before, is to bridge the gap between people just coming in yeah. and people like yourself. And, you know, we're right here in Hollywood. I mean people could apply and potentially work for you like in the near future, right? If you want. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> uh, so advice for entry level creative professionals that are coming in. What would you say what are you looking to see in someone's portfolio? What are some of the do's and don'ts and we'll, uh, we'll go from there
2: Yeah I, I think uh, because there's so many posters already made out there and there's a lot of uh, I would try to stay away from the cliche even if your stuff's like way out there you can always bring that stuff down you know and you can always like cut it and shape it and mold it to where you want to go but I, I wouldn't go in with something that like like I said here is like the social network poster and, and you're like, yeah, I laid this out. It's like, sure. we we as uh, you know, movie studios, we get pitched a lot of, of work, and we see a lot. And um, once you see like that, you know, Thor did it. You know, The Social Network did it, or right. they started it. Keller House started, it, which was amazing. He's an amazing guy, um, uh, Neil Keller. Uh, then you know, Thor copied it, and then you know, everyone kind of starts. Doing so the repetitive, you want some yeah, you yeah. want some originality, even if it's like far out there. I walked into my interview at Fox with like, I think I still had like my college portfolio, uh, some prints that I did for Jack in the Box when I wrote commercials for them, and then I like, remember them from the pocket. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then some work I had done for for Nike, um, and it was everywhere. But they could see that I had a book that expanded from, from typography to design to illustration and it didn't have to fit into the mold of you're going to create advertising for film, it was just like, you have um, a, a wide variety of stuff that you can actually do in, in art direct, so. For sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: one of the things I've realized in this journey is that it, it's the work, because the work, in my opinion, is just kind of like, it's black and white, you either have it or you don't, Like to have a unique perspective, it's all subjective, but ultimately, as we said before, you know, like there's just, you can tell when someone's a practitioner, someone takes it seriously, someone knows the grid and all the essentials, but in tandem with that has to be kind of like the mindset. And I think for a lot of people, they have a hard time um, kind of getting out of their own way, if you will, or indulging their ego, or they may say, I'll never get a job at 20th Century Fox, or I'll never get to work with Ryan Reynolds. Right. Can you maybe speak to someone who's a little bit insecure or is just venturing out. Maybe they're here at Art Center College and they're going out into the field. Uh, what is your advice in terms of you know, getting in that winning mindset? And did you ever have a period where you had like imposter syndrome? Or, or, and How do you get to a place where you feel confident?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all have self-doubt when it comes to our own design work. I think we don't ever think it's good enough. But you know, I think, um, um, like James Victoria, he says, like, what's better than perfect is being done. You yeah. know, and he, and there's a rhyme and reason to that, because we can sit on um, a project forever and, and manipulate it however many times you want. It's never going to be perfect. You just, right. just kind of have to move on. I would always say just do one version and then try another version, try another version, try another version, just like to help yourself get just, out just of Just like set the
0: intent and do the work yeah, in the first think,
2: place. Yeah. There's no... Did there's you have no, to
0: force yourself though? Like I, I have a thing where like we're all set timers. So like, like, you know what I mean? I'll be like, oh, like the podcast is not growing, but then I'll set an intention to like, okay, I'm gonna for an hour reach out to people and do this thing. Like, did you ever have a time where you kind of felt jaded and you were ready for like the 2.0 of whatever you're doing? And how did you kind of get to that place?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's always open. Like, I think this is great with Type Thursday. Like, open to criticism or not criticism, but critique and constructive criticism. Don't take things personal either. You know, someone's offering you advice, like, oh, try this and try that. Try it, see how it works. It might lead you to another road. Um, yeah, I wouldn't take anything that you do personal and like say, this is my life's work. Um, I know it's cliche to say, like have fun with it, but really, like have fun with it and, and create your own work if you're not getting any, because you might end up creating something that no one's ever seen, and then someone might like it and say, hey, I like your stuff. You know? And I'm sure. sure a lot of people here can attest to that work. That's They're awesome. Creating their own work, Yeah. yeah.
0: I think we're gonna do one more question. I need to to think about what this question is going to be. But if you guys have questions, if you want to start lining up for Neri, uh, we're taking questions for entry-level creatives, people in all different levels, about life in general, about your your favorite food, best food in L.A. Uh, So we're looking for a lot of questions tonight. It'll be a lot of fun. The more people, the merrier. Uh, We we want the line out the door like the food here in L.A. What's up with that, by the way? You guys love waiting in line in L.A. for food. (laughs) I was so confused. I thought like like the stock market crashed or something. There was like a giant line. Anyway, ADD. There is used to this, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so in closing, uh, if you can go back, hindsight's 2020, and a lot of this stuff I've just realized is like, it's cumulative, it's over time, you, you have to do the hard yards and there's no shortcuts, right? Right. But if you can go back in time to yourself starting out and give yourself a little like one minute pep talk, what do you say to young 18 year old Nary reverse with slightly less facial hair. What do you say to that person?
2: I should have taken my SATs. Okay. Uh, Valid. I should have prepped for college. That's a what better. you would say.
0: You should have taken your SATs.
2: I should have prepped for college better. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think I don't think I'd change anything, man. Like I, I kind of got here, and I wouldn't say like I accidentally stumbled into this, but I think I took. the the right road, you know, and I think I wasn't looking for immediate gratification. I wanted the long journey. I wanted to see where this would end. Um, I came from a background of designers, uh, cousins who were, you know, taggers, um, musicians. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was gonna do. Our family of, you know, artists that were the same age and growing up, we all kind of had like, our each other's backs and and even through school when we all went to the same school and kind of pushed each other and, you know. um, I, I really wouldn't change anything
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Give it a nice round of applause for Neri Reyes. I told you he was awesome. Can we, can we just get two beers for, for me and Neri? Yes. All right, we're going to have some beers. Guys, line up for questions if you have them. or if, no, that's fine If you don't, that's fine. We need to have at least a couple. Any takers? There you go. Are, are, are you getting up and leaving?
2: No, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's bored. She's bored. She's Actually, like I'm sir, I'm leaving. Bye. You can use this mic.
3: Um, I kind of have, like, two questions. I feel like maybe what's they're a two-parter? both a little... As it stands right uh, now, you
0: could ask questions. as many questions as you yeah. want. Um,
3: so, let's see. I feel like they're also very telling of my own personal life right now. Um, That's so, what we
0: want. I'm being, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I'm not even trying to be funny. Yeah. Like, whatever, like, your real... What's the real okay. question? Ask that question. So,
3: I'm currently taking a break from design work because clients... <laughs> Freelancing is not for me. I guess I'm not. I'm having a hard time. Um, it just is it's burn burnout city, like you know. So I was asked, I as wanting to ask someone like you who I I don't know how repetitive your job is. If it feels repetitive mm-hmm. to you, how do you stay fresh? How do you like reinvigorate your creative voice? That's a, like,
2: that's a great question because it does become repetitive. You know, um, right now we're in like the comic book. Genre of Hollywood, you know, and like I said, every Avengers poster, not to knock them, they're great movies and they have a lot of heart.
0: Just more and more. Slash, I work for Disney now.
2: Uh, (laughs) It it does become repetitive, you know, Um, and and what I've tried to do, um, like, I'm working on Dark Phoenix right now, and I've just pushed the envelope of making it as dark as possible. I know they're not gonna buy it, but, you know, like, push the envelope, and, and and like I said, you can always bring work back, and mold yeah. it, and cut it, and shape it. Like, And I know freelancing is different, because you get a client, they're like, I want the face, and then I want the type over it, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And you're like, cool. And then they say, move it over
3: five minutes. Yeah. No, 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 down three. No, right.
2: no, no, So th- that's one thing that I really suggest to anyone. Like, And find something that isn't design. Like, I love interior design, you know? And it has nothing to do, or maybe it does, have to do with creating, or creative advertising for film. Just find something that, you know, isn't related to it. Maybe you might find inspiration there, you know, pick up a guitar, I don't know. (laughs) Um,
3: And then my second question, which is unrelated, um, perhaps future related to myself, but um, Mm -hmm. on applying to jobs, and like now the MO is, um, you don't get a reject letter, you don't get you know, oh, this isn't what we are looking for. Oh, try this next time. Like, you just hear a lot of nothing. Like, you could apply to a thousand jobs and get maybe one email automated back that says, hey, sorry, bye. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what it says. Right. Um, What would you suggest to someone who just wants to hear back? Like, I don't necessarily want that application or that interview. I just, like, I want to hear something, like. (laughs)
2: Like a critique on your work or even. like something
3: personal yeah (laughs) like I you know
2: no I've I've been there yeah I'm there right I'm applying
0: for jobs and like I I, I can't tell if
3: it's harder to hear nothing or harder to hear rejection but like that's kind of sad I guess like yeah I um, mean what has been a time where an applicant that you I don't know that you had to like reach out personally to like what what is (laughs) a good story behind that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that ooh was, you yeah. better tell that story now. I, I don't think I've ever
2: tell a story. I don't think I've ever rejected someone <clears throat> to work to work with me. I usually am fearful that someone will reject me, you know, and reaching out and like, hey, let's work on on a poster together or like let's create something. Um, what would you do for to hear something back? I mean bother HR? <laughs> it's all corporate. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, it, you know, it took me about six months to get into my job. I was hired, and then I had like four interviews, and then I was hired again, and then I waited like another three months. Um, and that was like the longest, because it, it, it gave me a lot of doubt in myself. You know, I'm like, oh man, I thought I had this job. And, um, and I didn't hear from anyone, not even HR. They would like wait to get back to me for a while. Um, but I wouldn't get down about it. I would just keep going, just, you know, it's part of the process with any job. I mean, I
0: I think also too, like, and I'm I'm already breaking my thing that I wouldn't jump in here, but Mm -hmm. I could just like, I've been there so many times. Like this podcast literally like more or less started because I was on like you know, crying on the side of like Forty Second Street, getting fired from like my sixth freelance job. Like my watch that I'm wearing right now, like this battery is dead. That's not the right time. Like we all struggle, we all do. No, really. I mean, there's people in this room. Like you know, it it wouldn't take much for you to like. That's what I realized. You talk to so many people, and everyone kind of has this wanting to belong and wanting for all to be validated. But the one thing I would say though is like, don't. And I learned this from Cy Wakeman on my podcast, but um, how gross that I'm quoting my own podcast, but I swear to God, it really helps land this point here. Um, don't be transactional so that you can become transformational. And I think for so long, I was so transactional about things. It's like you apply and then you want a result and then you don't get that result. And then it's like dead in the water or you follow up on it. And then like they don't respond. What I would encourage you to do is think about just facilitating conversations And rather than being like, hey, I want to get a job at Facebook, it's always been my dream job, Mm -hmm. just for an example, or 20th Century Fox, whatever. Like, it's always my dream job. Like, you're giving them an assignment, and they may not have that, or there may be a thousand people applying for that job. So if you look at things in context, and you just say, hey, I just want to have a nuanced conversation about, you know, next five, ten years, how I can get a job here. And they will open up doors like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work so badly at Collins in New York City. It was but I, I just wasn't ready for it. And it sucked because I was like talking to everyone. I was reaching out to everyone. And then time went by, and I stayed friends with them and I grew these relationships. And then la- like last month, I was in San Francisco at a live podcast with them. You may not get that job. You may not get the result you want, but don't get in the habit of like, well, they didn't respond, so screw that whole agency. Because a lot of times there's so many variables, and you have to look at yourself and where you stack up with all those people. But just have conversations and have great expectancy and don't get transactional when it, when it doesn't work out because it will it will be limiting to you. Because those people move on with their life. They move on with their life and they go back to doing whatever they do. Happy hour. Yeah, you're just another person <laughs> that's like, did you get my resume? But you could go and talk to the chief creative officer on a podcast or a medium thing. This whole thing's a Trojan horse. I just wanted to meet Neri Rivas. You know what I mean? No, just figure out what it is and, and yeah. talk about it. Don't look. When you start looking at things, that's like jobs, and you're just kind of like putting things in that, that void of like the you know Monster.com. It's, a, it's probably one of the worst strategies you could do. Just talk to people, treat people like people, and if you're not giving them an assignment, because if I say, Hey, Neri, I love your Deadpool work. Want to grab a coffee and talk about your career? That's a completely different conversation than going to someone and saying, I want a job. Why well, haven't I got the job yet?
2: Because
0: right. he's looking at the email and going, huh, not getting back to that. <laughs> yeah. you know, It's archived. So. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I've been there. You yeah, Just keep trying, keep pushing. And it will, it will work its, itself out. And there's no better feeling than it working itself out. And me being here is a testament to that. So keep pushing.
1: Thank
0: you. I love this girl. Thank right, you. Next. <laughs> Come on up. I swear to God, I'm gonna stay out of the way now. No, so, no, please, don't. I saw her, it's your podcast. I saw her and me, you know what I mean? I you. It's your podcast. <laughs> I'm <guys>. the guest. <laughs> Facts.
2: I'm so <still> nervous. Hi <laughs>
4: okay, guys, um, quick question. Yeah. I've been recently trying to figure out how the types of fonts work for posters for uh, movies. Um, and I've been watching this documentary, this uh, movie about uh, posters for movies mm-hmm. and they were showing all these old posters that had a lot of types made by hand and mm-hmm. they were especially made for that mm-hmm. poster and now somehow I think that it's kind of lost. Mm-hmm. I do type design and lettering as a freelancer so I am a lot involved in that and then when you go to the cinema, it's kind of the same. Mm -hmm. font all over again and uh, my question is how why do you think that's happening now because we have a lot of creative type designers out there and i think jeremy michael did a great job with uh, his uh, custom font for uh, crimes of grindelwald Mm -hmm. so that there is actually a a thought of doing that but it's just happening very little i would I I agree completely.
2: Um, I I think the example we'll show a little later is a perfect example of of people that have passion for for design and how they incorporate it into marketing for film. Um, Some things are very formulaic, honestly. Like you know, uh, if it works for one thing, someone else is going to try to pick it up and and apply it to their needs. But like I said, um, it's not a formula, you know, and um, when people go to the cinema or uh, a billboard what a lot of companies want to do is just have you read when it comes out and the, and the title you know like the Crimes of Grindelwald is a great example of something that's customly made that fits into that world I don't think you can put Helvetica and yeah, type exactly. out Crimes of Grindelwald and you're like same movie right No, you have uh, a whole um, radically different implications in yeah. of yeah, and it, it, it's not a period piece. Those films, it, it's it, it's all made up, you know. So, but they fall in a certain time period, which they're they're magical, and those that font or that whoever designed and created knew what they were doing specifically for that movie. Like you can't pick that up and put it on, you know, Doctor Strange, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, it just depends. I mean, a lot of times the studios do want. Something unique, and when you have, but that's also because Harry Potter was so profitable to Warner Brothers that they're gonna go with something a little more risque and a little more creative that they can afford to do that. Um, But yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, it's very formulaic, and like I said, everyone does the the face and the type over it, and it becomes Also,
4: I was wondering if it's a matter of time. If they have a specific time to finish something, then there's no time to get somebody involved in the project because i imagine that the work that jeremy did did not last a week or no two or no spring. and i'm sure you had he had yeah, executives he had to,
2: to show and they all filtered and stuff and had their own notes and stuff yeah i mean i'm usually on really projects hard. for about that
0: executive level that's a big
2: if like
0: just because it's a big budget doesn't mean that they're going to be like wildly open to new ideas like a lot of these places it's like
4: yeah, they yeah, need I to make know, money at yeah. the end of the day. It's a, and they also so. need to be there in within a week, or I don't know how your deadlines are for this uh, specific. Uh, yeah, and usually when you
2: have a project like that, um, I work on projects from a year and a half to two years. Okay. So um, I'm I'm pretty, like, even though I've worked at Fox for seven years, I think I worked like on three movies <laughs> that okay. I that I've led, you know, or maybe four because they take so long to really hone down the tone, the look, like the font. Um, uh, the, the art direction of it. So mm-hmm. they do probably have us, uh, he probably did have some time, you know, to work mm-hmm. on stuff. And then when you end up with something fast, you'll get the face with the type. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. You really hate that face with the type thing.
2: Really? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I may be guilty of using it, but I don't know. I'm not gonna, I don't know. I am not i do not know i do not remember. <laughs> yeah, anything. under a
0: tight deadline, you're putting that Helvetica yeah. right across. I was like, the have face you ever guys there. seen
2: a face with type on top of <laughs> it? <laughs>
0: Genius. <laughs> Genius. How'd you think of it? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Difference mask.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. That was
0: my, my question. Cool. Thank, Thank you so much. Great, Great question. Thank okay. you. Hi Hi guys. Um Neri, I have two questions for yeah. you if you don't mind.
2: First one is uh, what was the most difficult design design decision in your life? Ooh, the most difficult design design decision. I'm trying to like think back to the portfolio. Uh, I think it was using the, the Malat font for Deadpool, because it was, like I said, it wasn't something that fit. Um, and then... I do
0: really looking at you like I know. I was just looking
2: at you as like a point of reference to like... <laughs> we worked together in a past point. life? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
2: using that font was, was difficult because it didn't match, but it made sense, uh-huh. you know? So even like its legibility for outdoor use, I was kind of skeptical, but... I fit the tone, it was, it was bold, it was new, it was different. Mm-hmm. Cool, thank
0: you. Yeah. And the other one is, um, what percentage of work do you do in a traditional way without a computer? Uh,
2: a lot of my concepts start like on a post-it in my sketchbook, or uh, on a napkin at a bar. I'm not at bars a lot, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> uh, um So I stick with, with, with concepts because I don't want to get married into anything. I don't have commitment issues. I'm just joking. Um, no, I agree.
0: No, from a design standpoint, I totally
2: agree. That. I, I just want to be loose and get the idea out rather than, um, you know, start designing immediately, you know?
0: So you always start with paper?
2: Right? Always start with paper and pencil, yeah. That's or your nice. iPad Pro and your pencil too from Apple. But it's just a
0: tactile <laughs> yeah. <laughs> approach,
2: yeah. But something, even like whiteboard, I mean, I have like a, a small whiteboard in my office that I just quickly, but you know, either post-its, whatever's around me that I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. You know? Do you have a
0: preference, like iPad or paper?
2: Uh, I'm still paper and like wax crayon, that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> and, that's yeah. cool. So some it's the, easy, it's like, I like the boldness of the, the crayon. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah somewhat like the the the, out of
0: all the studios I've been to, I've been like, like, I went to Sesame Street recently, and, and I've seen a whole bunch of different places. You'd be surprised. The best, the best places for the most part, is paper and pen, yeah. or or paper and pencil, yeah. or you know like it's just, like the these big ideas. Like it's very rare that you go to like a great design studio and there's just like a whole bunch of like millennials and like their laptops in the middle of like a circle. It's the yeah. complete opposite. So it's really kind of cool. Okay, thank you so
2: much. Thank oh, you. Appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Great questions, Thanks. great questions.
1: Thanks for doing this interview. Oh, you welcome. Um, My pleasure.
2: You, you already touched on this a few times, but specifically you said something about Dark Phoenix. Uh-huh. And you said you try to make it as dark as possible. And mm-hmm. see, so I'm really curious about, especially in a large uh, outfit, the dynamic between your boss, everybody as a boss, right? And um, how the dynamic is in terms of intentionally going
1: too far, how they react, is there any kind of resentment is there any kind of uh, disappointment how, how you react to your maybe your best ideas being toned down too much or you know what I mean
2: yeah that's, that's a great question as well um, uh, I know that there's always a safety net right so I know that there's gonna be the, the, the poster with the face <laughs> and then type <laughs> you're always the, there's always like somebody you can go to um, and to start with something that's so far out is the best for me. I mean, everyone might have their own design preference and their own style, but that for me is how I like to start. Um, even you know, if it's dark and, and gritty, that's the better for me. And then that can always you can always shed some light on the dark. You know, um, um, it, it doesn't always go over well, but I also have a great um, chief creative officer at EVP who who I can work with. He actually came, he actually went to Art Center. So, um, um, there's always a lot of brainstorming and collaboration to like, okay, that's a little too far. Let's bring it back down or let's go this way. But it's never looked down upon, you know, and, that's good. and it sounds like you don't take it personally, which is Oh, you can't take this personal. I think that I'm, I'm having fun. It's like, I'm having fun with what I do. And I'm, you know, uh, Same thing as here.
0: Yeah. If someone comes up, they have a critique. It's from a place of like unconditional love. If you don't like to it, just take like, it back with a grain yeah. of salt. Yeah. Good luck. Thank
2: you. Thank, Thank you. you. Tucker. Hey. Yeah. Awesome
0: name tag. Thanks. And festive spirit.
2: So we've got two questions from Instagram. Oh, right. Oh, oh uh, hell yeah. Right. Are we trending? Good job, that... Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one was just, uh, who are your biggest inspirations? Oh, um, I would say. Great question. Yeah.
0: That's a good podcast question. You ever start a podcast? Just like... throw that in there.
2: Like design-wise or like in life?
1: You got what I got. All right. <laughs> let's let's go.
2: Uh, Chip Kid, Chip Kid, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. L.A. Baby. There you go. <laughs> uh, and the second one was any books you can recommend. Uh, I'm gonna go with design books. Design books? Yeah. Ah, uh, let's see. Ooh.
0: I have one while we're here. Uh, Go for it. Sean Adams, The Dictionary of Color is an incredible book. I've become obsessed with that recently. I love that book. If you guys, like, want to get into color and the theory of color, and he's right here from Art Center College, so support your own. It's The Designer's D- uh, designers Dictionary of Color. It's a really good one.
2: I can't remember the full name of it, but it's called, like, Damn Good Advice for Something. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: but it's a good book. I mean, it, talk, it talks about, like, not... Taking work too personal and having fun with what we do. Hey now, All right. get that man a drink. Ow. <laughs> um And well, another book, uh, The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells. I know it's not a design book, but it's a great it's book. Cool. John Contino's book too. We
0: should say that. Brand by hand. Brand by hand. Plugging yeah, it right kind here. Of expecting that one. To yeah, come
2: out. yeah. That's a given. <laughs> it's a given. Uh, and then I just have one other question, yeah. uh, personally. What what kind of level do you have hands on in the whole project? Like, I know that your I mean your title's more in art direction, but Correct. like, do you do a lot of hands on work yourself or yeah yeah yeah? So I uh, if I lead a project, I'll start from concept. So that'll be the, the bar napkin sketches to uh, art direct photography to then art direct uh, design till so we. Nice. Yeah, so uh, that, that's why I'm on projects for about a year and a half to two years. I'm seeing Ryan Reynolds face for two years, three on my computer screen. It's horrible. There's worse oh, faces to look at. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's all past Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'm not married, so Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Hi. Hi. Good
1: Hi. Um, at, in the movie uh, business, at, I know it's very competitive in the city and um, I gather things move very fast, and I'm curious, at what stage are you, are you potentially able to show your clients conceptual ideas, like sketches and discuss with them uh, things very loosely, or do you feel the need to got, kind of go to more of a finish to kind of say, okay, we've got this, this looks great, and it looks like a poster, um, I just, I ask because I realize, especially with these ideas like the crimes of Grimwald font, and when you get into more elaborate work that requires more time, yeah, you know, obviously I think we're all aiming to do, like, something exceptional that does take more time, but we always have to go to our clients and, like, say, this is it. So I'm curious, you know, in your office or in your experience, how, at what stage do you engage with clients and show them ideas? Are you able to approach them loosely, or do you feel like, okay, we've got to really wow them with amazing Photoshop per- pixel perfect things every time
2: no I am the client
1: okay. so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: I'm involved with myself a lot okay. um, so again uh, I like to get stuff that's rough
1: okay
2: because you, you 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 can see something come to life in a rough sketch okay you know and if it's if it works in a thumbnail it's gonna work this big and if it's gonna work that big it's gonna work you know a 27 by 40 but, if it works there, then it's going to work in a 40 by 70, and then it's going to work on a billboard. Um, so I never like to look at things super polished mm-hmm. because it does, you know, for some people, uh, take their mind and kind of set that in concrete, and, and then they're like, well, what happens to that look? What happens to that one thing that we looked at? And you're like, well, that was just an idea, and right. then people can go back to it. So I, I try to keep it loose, and then as um, you really start to, you know, Iron things out, we get a little more refined and a little more detailed, and then um, I, 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 I'd say it depends on the client, though. Sure, I mean, sure. You know, some people want like, all right, give me this logo, and you're like, cool, here's some sketches. Like, no, 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 I want a logo. Right, right, right. Do it now. You know, um, so it just depends on the client. But I'm very open to seeing things rough, and like, I, mm-hmm. I love, I love sketches. I love seeing things on paper and pencil, tracing paper, whatever. Yeah.
1: Well. One more question, if you don't mind. Not at all. Since that is the case, um, since you are the client, how do you, do you outsource or do you mostly work inter- with your internal team?
2: Um, I don't have a, an internal team. It's me who, who does the conceptualizing. Okay. Um, and then we do outsource to vendors because mm-hmm. I'm only one guy, and, and I, I can't handle sure, a lot sure. of, of projects by myself. But um, if, I, if uh, I'm not leading one, I'll let uh, an agency take over and kind of uh, pitch their ideas, and, of course. And, and, and again, start with sketches, start loosely, and then um, I do the same way with my projects. If I lead them, then I'm going to start with sketches, rough, and then you know, outsource and get help to see where I'm going to build and have kind of like um, a creative strategy and how to uh, execute under that creative strategy. Great, great. All
1: right, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Solid answer. Solid question too. Yeah, That's it's a great, great question, sure. guys. Cool,
3: man. Um, nice. I have a question. So I kind of feel like I relate to you a little bit. Uh I don't know if you've heard of the city of Norwalk. Yeah. So I grew up in Norwalk. So I have some of the same artistic sensibilities, like from graffiti Mm -hmm. to skateboarding culture Mm -hmm. and 90s television and all of that. But my question will be, do you feel coming from that background, do you feel like you have some type of moral forays or like obligation that conflicts with the work that you do for Fox. Like, do you ever do a design and be like, "Damn, is this is kind of going against my personal beliefs," or or do you feel like you have to open yourself up and just do what do what you're asked to do? You know. Well, that's a good question. That's a Great question. Like, am
2: I selling out? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's real though. It's Are real. these knuckle tattoos yeah. real? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll edit this out. Speak yeah. your mind. Tell the truth. No, I mean, I grew up loving. Movies, you know, uh, one of my favorite movies and posters to this day is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think I said that on your podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. the only podcast I've been on. But like, I'm still the kid inside, man. You know, like I, I did grow up, you know, in Silver Lake and then North Hollywood and in the Valley and um, LA is my home, and and I have these influences, but I never felt like I had to fit a certain mold or look. You know what I'm saying? So like. As designers, you can't fit a certain mold. Like we have to kind of be uh, uh, diverse and like you know, chameleons. Um, and and and, and adapt to whatever work we want to do. And I think if we just say like, oh, like I'm selling, yeah, that's going to limit us. You know, like you look at Shepard Fairey. You know, the dude didn't know he was creating an empire. You know, and like some people think he sold out. Some people don't. He's true to what he does, and he's amazing. You know. He believes in something, and now his art stands for that. You know, so uh, I wouldn't be really too caught up in like, am I selling out or not? It's like,
0: yeah.
2: I think as, as long as you're okay with yourself,
0: nothing else matters. As long as like we were talking, you about can sleep at night with what you do. It's intent. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's intent. What is your intent? Is your intent awesome? Word. Then vibe out with that. Because honestly, like everyone's opinion of that doesn't mean anything. But if, if your intent is pure and you're representing like you're or you're speaking your truth. You know, at the end of the day, you know that. So yeah, I mean, we,
2: I, I had, like, uh, when I put some marketing up, we had, like, Billboard Bandits. Uh, they, they like, graffitied over some of the art, but they incorporated their tagging with the art that I had put out there, and I was like, that's three credit, dude. Like, I still got it, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. Just, yeah. no, but it, they incorporated their, their graffiti and their typography, essentially, their type lettering into the work that I had done, which was, like, amazing to see you know, especially growing up in LA like
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I, I don't know you don't think it's ever about something else. it's like if you can sleep at night and, and do it man if you love it do it don't ever let anyone tell you any different That's yeah. and you, you sleep better oh. at night with
0: a bigger paycheck so
2: call it like it is people give it up
0: one time for Neri Revis I'm, I'm gonna step down I told you, he's a good dude, full of love energy. Uh, I'll let you... Cool. Progress. So okay. make sure you follow... What's your... Uh, While you're pulling this up, your Instagram handle is... El Skeleto. And that's just spelled out so people know. E-L-S-K-E-L-E-T-O. Cool. And, and uh, Meet to Creatives and Why, uh, if you want to follow that. Okay. So oh, right? okay. Well, awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you, thank
3: you, thank you. And um, I actually had a little prize.
4: Oh, okay. God.
3: So it's Rob's birthday today. It is? Yeah.
0: I was so humble. I didn't say anything. I know. So we have a
3: cake. I don't. Does anyone have a lighter? <laughs> I was gonna try and sneak around. Designers
2: and nooks. Well, okay. I know. I was.
3: I was like, does anyone have a lighter? Oh, you have one. And, I don't. Yeah.
2: Just, we don't.
3: Like we don't have to sing or anything. Unless do you like what people singing? Oh,
0: yeah. do, do you
3: just have matches?
0: Yeah!
4: For my whole birthday! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so should we sing? I'm should we sing? Yeah! Happy, Happy birthday! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Happy birthday!